Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. So Roland, here we are for another episode of CareCast. Indeed. Uh, it's still 2020. Uh, <laughs> the the year of years. The year inter- of years. The interesting year that what it's been. What a year. What a year. Wow. Mm. I mean, whew, the hits just keep on coming, as they say. Yeah. Um, as the radio DJs used to say, yeah. Mur- Murray the K and those guys. I don't know. I don't remember those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Paola. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in the golden days of radio, right? Yes. Um, so here we are in 2020. We just had an election. Um, Did we? We did, yeah. You might have heard. Okay, it's, yeah, it was yeah, a bit. It was in the news a bit. Yeah, just a tad. It was in the news, yeah. And so, CareNet is not a, as you know, we're not a political organization, right? We are a pro abundant life ministry, right? Providing compassion, hope, and help for women and men considering abortion, and you know, saving the unborn, and spreading the gospel, and doing all those uh, those things um, from a compassionate uh, perspective. And but you know, obviously. Politics affects us. Absolutely, it affects what we do. Yeah. Um, so even though we don't necessarily like to wade into that that world, uh, occasionally it's good just for us to sort of yeah we don't see how things are going. We don't swim in it. We don't swim in it. Right? We don't swim in it. But it you know politics is is part of culture. Yep. And you know we we seek to engage the culture, and so did Christ. I mean, when Christ said, "Render unto Caesar what is Caesar, and unto God what is God's," mm-hmm. right? That that's basically framing you know their response in terms of put, uh, the priority of politics versus versus culture versus you know sort of this biblical worldview um so you you know you you you're not supposed to escape it we're supposed to be politically engaged mm-hmm. but we're not supposed to put our hope in any uh, party platform or person from a political perspective our hope right. is in christ right, right? absolutely so, which yeah. is the core of our, of yeah. our ministry approach yeah. to, to things yeah and so th- that's why i like the way you sort of frame this um as we were talking about it here at carenet you know um as a, you called it a red dot moment. Yeah. So when you walk into a mall, the first thing you usually do is you find the big map and it has a big red dot on it that says you are here, right? And as you say, it doesn't say you shouldn't be here or how did you get here or you don't want to be here. It just says you are here, right? Mm -hmm. And so from a political standpoint, um, it's important for us to, at this point, at this moment in time in history, to sort of ask us, uh, ask ourselves, you know, where are we? Yeah. Um, and it's important to know where you are so that you can figure out how you can get where you want to go, right? Absolutely. Um, so we want to sort of just kind of t- spend a couple minutes kind of looking at that. Um, where are we right now? What does and specifically what does what could a Joe Biden Kamala Harris administration mean for CareNet and for the pro life movement in general? Okay. Yes. Um, so I I think a great place to start, and this is actually where you started when you were talking to us about this, was you know. What is the what is the Democratic Party's platform? Obviously, as representatives of the Democratic Party, um, there's a platform. Um, yes, and where they make very you know clear what their their position on the issues are, um, and there was obviously some very specific things in the Democratic Party's platform around the abortion issue, and you know to sort of remove any doubt as to whether or not Joe Biden uh, himself is on board with what's in the platform. He made it very clear in the first presidential debate. He said, you know, I am the Democratic Party and what's in the platform is what I approved of. Yep, absolutely. So he knows what's in there. <laughs> yes. And uh, or and even if he doesn't, right, he he, yep. he has certainly endorsed that platform. And so I think it might be helpful just to read a couple of quick things yeah. in terms of what 
word for word what the Democratic Party's platform actually says in terms of what they believe about the abortion issue. So it says, we believe unequivocally, like the majority of Americans, that every woman should be able to access high quality reproductive health care services, including safe and legal abortion. We will repeal the Title 10 domestic gag rule and restore federal funding for Planned Parenthood, which provides vital preventative and reproductive health care for millions of people. Democrats oppose and will fight to overturn federal and state laws that create barriers to reproductive health and rights. We will repeal the Hyde Amendment and protect and codify the right to reproductive freedom. Democrats oppose restriction on medication abortion care that are inconsistent with the most recent medical and scientific evidence evidence, and that do not protect public health. So those are the three sort of primary statements. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the point is, you don't have to agree with that platform or even agree that everything in that platform is actually factual. Right, right, you right, know, right, right, right. Yeah. But, but you have to understand this is what the platform is. Right, right. And this is what they believe. This is this what they is believe. What, this is what the Democratic Party believes. This is the plank in the platform mm-hmm. around around the life issue. Mm-hmm. And it's what they're going to walk on, mm-hmm. which, yeah. which means, in other words, this is what they're going to mm-hmm. seek mm-hmm. to move forward right. through the political process uh, certainly at a national level, and and I would suspect also at, you know at a state and local level in terms of just the signaling that uh, that a platform has, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. And in terms of marching orders, not just for the na- at the national level, but also at a state and local level in terms of what's important. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think something that's really interesting in there, and I just I'm, this is sort of just occurring to me now as I just read this out loud, which is that I I don't know, and maybe some of our listeners can sort of fill us in on this because I'm not an expert on political platforms, but I would imagine it's relatively uncommon for an actual organization to be named in a party's platform yeah. and they actually call specifically call out Planned Parenthood yes um, in their platform as a signal I think that obviously signals something about the priority they're putting on yeah. protecting and funding that organization which is really interesting absolutely so. and, and, you know that the federal government would have a commitment to fund one specific organization mm-hmm. as opposed to funding a specific policy position right right which is different you could mm-hmm. say we want to make sure that abortion providers mm-hmm. are able to have funds or whatever but right. to name a specific organization yeah yeah in, in a policy position yeah. is yeah. unique you and you and I you know we did a little yeah. bit of government relations back when Absolutely. we were at National Fatherhood Initiative and it, that takes work. That there's a yeah. lot of work and a lot of connections that need to be made to actually have your organization named somewhere, well, whether it's a piece of legislation or where, whatever yeah. it might be. It would be analogous to, for example, if there's a a, a plank in in the party's platform uh, about defense and mm-hmm. defense spending, and right. it says. And we want to fund Halliburton. Right, right, right. As an example. Right. Like, or Boeing. You never do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you say we want to fund this kind of initiative or yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But this this is very, very telling. Yeah. Um, it, it shows you how much effort Planned Parenthood put into making sure that B- Biden and Harris were elected. Yes. Um, and this was probably sort of a, a payoff, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and and you know, and you know, in the political process, you know, when you when you make that kind of investment, yeah, uh, you expect a result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and and yeah. so we we should we should expect them to expect a result, and then that kind of leads to the discussion of like, what does the policy, uh, the platform rather, mean in terms of of CareNet and and specifically about the individual the individual candidates. Yep. Yep. And, you know, there were, and there were certainly some other interesting things that were said specifically by Kamala Harris that also kind of indicate where she is sort of on, on the from a more of a policy and legislative perspective right. on the abortion issue. For example, she said 
during a, uh, a town hall when she was actually still a, a candidate for president. She promised that if she was elected, she will target states that pass pro-life laws to limit abortion. She announced that she'll instruct her Justice Department to suspend pro-life laws passed by states until she decides they are constitutional. Right. She is, decides they're right, constitutional. Right. It's a pretty dramatic Well, I thought statement. the Supreme Court was the one that was supposed to decide whether laws were constitutional. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it just shows yeah. you the you know that there is a there is a an understanding that the power of the White House, the levers of power that are available to you in the White House, can be used to do some pretty dramatic things if you set your mind to it, right? Yeah, and you yeah. have a commitment to an issue, and it's and it's clear from what's in the platform and some of the statements that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden made during the campaign what that that they are very committed to Planned Parenthood, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're very committed to. Um, their the 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 party's platform on abortion. Yeah, and I and I think it's also kind of speaks to why it was a bit bewildering and sort of confusing as to why some pro-life leaders or pe- people who were pro-life mm-hmm. in, in in positions of power, mm-hmm. if you will, in the public square would say things like it doesn't really matter who the president is. Whether yeah. you like the president, don't like the president or who the president the the reality is, that of course, you know who's in the White House matters. Right, right. It, it, of course it matters. It sends a cultural message, mm-hmm. uh, which is important. But also there are some very specific levers of government that the person in the White House has mm-hmm. uh, to, to do the kinds of things that, you know, the Harris is talking about. Yeah. And, yeah. and that directly impact mm-hmm. uh, abortion uh, in this nation and frankly in this world. Yeah, true. You know, I, there's no question about it. If, if, if the United States was a pro-life nation, mm-hmm. Um, certainly, they could. The, the United States could use that power, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. to encourage you know other nations that have a different position on the life issue mm-hmm. uh, uh, to change their position. And of course, we do that on a variety of different issues. Yeah. So yeah. it matters not just in terms of what happens here in the United States, but also what happens in the world, mm-hmm. uh, given the position that the, the, yeah. basically the Lord has put the United States in, in terms of its, mm-hmm. its uh, a political influence yeah. and, and global influence, influence around yeah. a variety of issues. Yeah. Yep. And I, and I think that's a good segue into a couple of, of specific things, you know, because like you mentioned, uh, you know, there are folks who would argue that, it, you know, things like state laws and local efforts like pregnancy centers, for example, are the things that matter when it comes to the life issue and not necessarily who is in the White House. But here's the thing. Kamala Harris is now in the White House. And there are two things that she did as yeah. attorney general of California, which are an indication of things that might be coming to Washington, D.C. and can be pushed at a federal level and or encouraged at a state level through, again, the levers of power that are available in the White House. And oh, by the way, that's the reason why you run for national office. (laughs) Right, right, right. You run for national office because you have a point of view, typically at a local level or a state level, that you want to bring to a national level. Yes, right. Or that, right. that's the, that's why you run, so mm-hmm. you can bring those policies, mm-hmm. positions, and frankly, people yes. into positions of power within the federal mm-hmm. government mm-hmm. to implement the very things that you believe strongly that you implemented at local and federal, at a local right. and state level. Right, right. That's why you. That's why you actually want more power. Yes, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think most people understand this for pretty much every issue: the environment, and climate, yeah. and absolutely taxes, and you know, yeah, all these other things. But somehow, when abortion comes up, we sort of start to equivocate and say, "Well, does it really matter who's in the White well, House?" And people run on those things. Right. So, for example, I'm a governor yeah. who lowered taxes in my state, uh-huh. and you run on the record on the fact that you lowered taxes in your state. Yeah. 
so that you can bring that same philosophy to a national level. Right. And in every other area, yeah, yeah, yeah. it has an impact. Of course. Absolutely. But you would yeah. think that yeah. at, an, at, a, at a national yeah. level on the, on the abortion, it does not. So yeah. it really, like, it was sort of, you know, very confusing and mm-hmm. didn't make a whole lot of sense. And there's some consequences to that, which we're going to talk about yeah. in terms of how folks, how, what what impact some of that narrative could have sure. in future elections. Absolutely. Uh, and even, even before we get to that, I, I just wanted to make sure we pointed out two, those two specific yeah. things that Kamala Harris did in California. So the first was uh, there was a Supreme Court case called Nifla versus Becerra. Yep. Um, Nifla is National Institute of Family and Life Advocates versus Becerra, Xavier Becerra, who was the uh, Attorney General of California. But before Becerra was the Attorney General of California, Kamala Harris was. So this case actually at the at the state level started off as Nifla versus Harris, right? And the case was this: there was a law passed in the state of California in 2015 called the FACT Act, and essentially what it did, long story short, is it required pregnancy centers, life-affirming pregnancy centers, and it was written in such a way that it only Only. (laughs) required life-affirming pregnancy centers to promote abortion, to provide information about how to get abortion, how to get abortions paid for, and that this information had to be posted pretty much everywhere that a pregnancy center could possibly ever say anything, right? Including billboards and in their offices and this. And they even so, defined the font size and all that. All that. Right. And the fonts were very large. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And the fines for not complying with the law were so exorbitant that basically pregnancy centers would have been put out of business had they not complied with this law. So essentially, so so here's this law, right? And Attorney General Harris was a staunch defender. Yes. Of this law at the state level. Yes. Um, again, a law that was designed specifically to put pregnancy centers out of business. Right. If they didn't promote abortion. So Kamala Harris, at the local or state level, defended this law. And now, guess what? She's in the White House, right? Where she can then take that, take that perspective and those people with her. Now, fortunately, the law was overturned um, at the Supreme Court level as being an unconstitutional violation of free speech. So the law was defeated in California, but sort of the cat was sort of already out of the bag in that Kamala Harris was very vocal about her support of that law. And, and that what perspective. Was, and, and that perspective and what it was trying to do. Yep. So, again, for folks who say, well, it matters what happens at the local level. OK, well, the person who created a law to put pregnancy centers out of business at the local level, because apparently it's things like pregnancy centers that matter. Right. Right. And not who's in the White House. Right. But the person in the White House is the person who tried to put pregnancy centers out of business. So what what do you know? What do you know? Right. And so you can't just separate the two and say, well, when it comes to the abortion issue, pregnancy centers and state laws matter. But it doesn't matter who's in the White House because, again, Kamala Harris. So the other thing that Kamala Harris did as attorney general of California is in 2015, when um, David Daleiden and the Center for Medical Progress released videos, right. undercover videos, of that show, purportedly showed Planned Parenthood uh, executives bargaining for the sale of fetal remains for profit, which is illegal, right? So, again, long story short, and uh, essentially Kamala Harris went after David Daleiden and his organization. Right. And not Planned Parenthood. Yeah, and, and that's an interesting thing for me because yeah. the, the charges were pretty significant. It's illegal to do that, right? Right. And and the charges are pretty significant. So as a as a as a law enforcement individual, um, if someone presents something to you that's illegal, mm-hmm. I, I think you have an obligation to investigate whether what's being done 
is illegal or not, regardless of how it comes to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Regardless. Now, you mm-hmm. may say the way that you got this information also, quote, is an issue or something like that. Or you may have some challenges related to that. But you don't then just say, well, I'm going to disregard that. Like if someone yeah. came to you and said, listen, a child is being molested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, how do you know that? Well, I broke into this house. Mm-hmm. If, if that's the view that you're taking, right? right? I broke into this house, and when I was in there, I saw someone molesting the child. Right, right. Would you then just say, well, I'm going to arrest you for breaking into the house and not go and investigate whether the child is being molested? Right, right. I mean, it, yeah, like, yeah. would you do that? It'd be right. like, you know, yeah. instead of going after, you know, Nixon, you, you know, you, you go after the reporters mm-hmm. that expose the cover-up right. of, of Watergate. Right, you know, right, right. That yeah. kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. So yeah. to me, it's, it's it's problematic. Even if you take on its face that what you what you believe that Delighton was doing was wrong. I get that, if, mm-hmm. if that's your view. Mm-hmm. But the reality is the seriousness of the charge, mm-hmm. the seriousness of the charge would require also as a law enforcement individual that you investigate the charge, not that you work with the one who's who's accused mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in order to go after the the whistleblower. Yeah, yeah. And, is, and yeah, and it was pretty clear that, you know, Kamala Harris was working yeah. pretty much hand in hand with Planned Parenthood to make sure that Planned Parenthood was protected and that the organization and the person that exposed them were punished. Yes. For doing were, what they did. Were convicted, prosecuted. Yeah, that, I, that was that absolutely was using was the, 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 yeah. all the weight of the state of California mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to go after yep. this relatively small organization. Yep, uh, yep. while protecting this enormous giant of an organization. Uh, so, again, those things really do show and signal a, a certain perspective mm-hmm. uh, that we can expect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That That is in Washington, D.C., or, or I should say will be in Washington, D.C., starting in January. Um, okay, so so what does this mean for CareNet, Roland? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I think sort of the easiest way to sort of summarize it is, you know, our, our work our work doesn't change, right? Right. What we what we do doesn't change based on who is in political power, right? But what does change is, you know, the urgency and maybe the, the difficulty of doing what we do yeah. could certainly vary depending on who is in power, right? Yep. And our we, we are anticipating that there are going to be some challenges and difficulties and a greater sense of urgency for our work um, in the coming years. Yeah, no, I, I think it's absolutely true. And going back to the red dot moment, you know, if you're if you're in that store, you look at the marquee, and you need to get to a particular, uh, you know, particular department or a particular room or something uh, within that mall, yep. and you realize that one of the hallways, you know, <laughs> has lions and tigers and bears. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know, you're gonna you got a plan for that. You yep. got you've got a plan for that. Yeah, uh, and you've got to focus there, and that's what we're doing. And I and I think the other thing too, and I you know from our standpoint, you know we 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 don't hope as the world hopes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the other thing that we have to be doubly committed to is also to prayer. Yes. Um, you know, because our battle is not really against flesh and blood. I mean, you know, as we talk about um, uh, Harris and 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 Biden, the reality is that it's the perspective that they carry that is really sort of the enemy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be praying for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I've thought about it is that, you know, my prayer for, for both of them is that they would have a Damascus Road moment, mm-hmm. like yep. the moment that turned Paul, who was, you know, kind of focused on death, if you will, and death of, of Christians, if you will, uh, to, 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 from Saul to Paul, right? And, and that he had that transformation yeah. uh, in his life. And, and it may seem like that's impossible or whatever, but nothing's impossible for God. So I really uh, want to encourage those who listen and certainly our staff, and we do, and we pray, you know, for them and, and, and for, for a change in their perspective. And we've been praying for abortion providers for 
years mm-hmm, uh, uh, that there would be a change of heart yeah uh, uh, that they would come out of the darkness and into the marvelous light mm-hmm. of, yeah. of a life affirming a worldview yeah. and so yeah. when that changes mm-hmm. uh, uh, when that changes mm-hmm. uh, then the policies change right right yeah and and I, and I think sort of a related idea to that also is this idea of you know regardless of what the laws might say yeah you know our, our we're trying to make un- abortion unthinkable yes right so if if something's unthinkable, it doesn't matter whether it's illegal or not. Right. People won't do it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know. You and, and again, it doesn't mean you don't fight for it to be, you know, for it to be illegal right. because yeah. it's it's just morally wrong. Absolutely. And it should be illegal. Yes. Right. Yes. But 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 if you can change the hearts and minds, no one can stop you from that. Yeah. yeah and yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. the power is. And that's why we're so encouraged mm-hmm. about what we do. Yeah. yeah that yeah. Th- there are there are many things that are legal, but unthinkable. It's a smaller list than it used to be. But right, 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 right. <laughs> and maybe shrinking every day. It's hard to think of. It. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But there are many things that are legal. Mm. You're, but, but unthinkable. And yeah. really, the work that we do in terms of changing hearts and minds, mm-hmm. uh, we think is critically important because uh, that no one can stop us from that. Yeah, a- ab- absolutely. Um, I, I love the, the way you stated this. You said, you know, there's political power, there's cultural power, but then there's Jesus's power. Yeah. Right. And no one can take that away from us. Amen. Um, and that's yeah. And that's where we have to press forward. Like I said, Roland, it's you know, it's pretty clear that uh, a Biden Harris administration will likely create a difficult environment for pregnancy centers and for the, you know, and for the work that we do. But what that really means is that it just, it it basically has, it increases the urgency of doing what we're doing. And, you know, and as you said earlier, the White House has political power, but it also has cultural power, right? Mm -hmm. They can sort of set a tone for the country about what's important and what isn't important, right? Um, And so in an environment in which abortion is sort of presented as a public good that women want need and are entitled to, right? Because again, they want to over, overturn the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde mm-hmm. Amendment prevents taxpayer dollars from being used to fund abortions. They want to overturn that, right? So in other words, taxpayer money should go towards funding abortion, which means that abortion is essentially an entitlement. You're entitled to right, it, exactly. right? Um, so it's public good that women want and need and that they are entitled to, right? So in an environment like that, where the White House, you know, the most powerful house <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in the land is sending this cultural signal those are the client. Those are then the clients that we're serving in our pregnancy centers, at our pregnancy decision line that we're seeing in our churches. So that just creates a sense of you know urgency and importance for us to be able to provide those life affirming alternatives to those folks. And so um, that's what we're prayerfully going to be just Continue doing. Do. And, and we and we just ask that those who are listening to uh, this this podcast that they join us in prayer. Yeah. Uh, but that's not all. That you join us in action, and you can come to our website, which is care dash net dot org mm-hmm. and you can go to uh, making life disciples dot org as mm-hmm. well yep. uh, to find out more about what we're doing to engage churches and small groups there those are mm-hmm. two places that you can go to really find out how you can get involved in the work yeah. that yeah. care net's doing yeah absolutely that's so important all right well thank you ron i appreciate it we hope you enjoyed this episode of carecast for more pro abundant life commentary and practical resources please visit care-net.org there you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.